It was a sickening thud that broke the regular hustle and bustle of the bright South African Thursday afternoon. That same thud ended the life of a bright and promising 10-year-old girl named Kopano Molelekedi and began my journey into investigating her death. Kopano's story still haunts me. The failure of justice won't go unchallenged. It is that failure that led me and the Sunday Times to create this short podcast series. You are listening to Justice for Copano, a short podcast series that dissects the tragic events surrounding Copano Molelekedi's death. We will look into the eyewitness testimonies of the incident that stripped the young girl of her future, the lackluster police investigation that has left the family without answers, and the strange circumstances that surrounded Kapano's disappearance after the initial crash and eventual dumping of her body kilometers away from her home. This podcast contains descriptions of the death of a child that some people may find offensive. Listener discretion is strongly advised. I joined the Sunday Times in September 2018. I had the kind of gusto one does when starting a new job. So, when my editor asked that I do the impossible, I bloody well did it. One of the first articles I wrote was about a woman whose life's mission was to reunite families with lost loved ones. I didn't know at the time, but I was stumbling into one of the most memorable stories of my career. The initial story I wrote was based on Cornelia Rudman and her organization, South African Search and Rescue. South African Search and Rescue was brought to life on the 18th of November 2015. It was an idea created by two single mothers who noticed that too many adults and especially children were going missing. In the last five years, we have managed to find and reunite numerous people with their loved ones. What started as a handful of beautiful souls volunteering has grown into a large network of wonderful people nationwide that have given their time and hard work to search rescue, investigate, and bring closure to families throughout South Africa. A single line in the article I wrote was about how many fell through the cracks. She was sitting on a bench on a hot summer's day at the edge of Alberton Dam, watching ducklings waddle past. The beautiful green space is home to birds and bush pigs, but a sense of foreboding pervades it, especially for a woman sitting on a bench alone. After a tough week dealing with destroyed families, she needed to sit in nature and asked me to meet her there. And as a throwaway um, kind of sentence, she said, you know, for example, right now there's a 10-year-old on the slab and no one has come to find her. And I just don't understand how a parent um, would just not come and look for their 10-year-old child. So um, anyway, we wrote the story and the editor said to me, your job is to find out who that child is. And I did. And it was just, it, it was like, no, the child is not unloved. She's not uncared for. Her family, they just didn't know where she was. And, and Her name was Kopano Molelekedi, and on September the 5th, 2018, she had been mowed down by a speeding car in front of a crowd of people outside the Jerusalem informal settlement southwest of Johannesburg. 
The man behind the wheel scooped her up from the scene, told eyewitnesses he was going to rush her to hospital, and then sped off. Needless to say, he didn't take her to the hospital. She died that same day, alone and far from home, after being dumped in a park in the newly established Pennyville Park in Soweto. It's 10 kilometers from her home. To many, Capano was just another unfortunate victim of a system that cares little for those who are born poor, live on the margins and feed off the scraps that society throws their way. But to her family, Capano was the world. More than two years later, they are still struggling for justice. I kept a photograph of Capano. It was printed on the program for her memorial at Durban Deep Primary School. She was pretty and petite, with a small button nose and intelligent light brown eyes. She looked like her mother, Orapa Leng, and, like her, was short in stature, but with a large presence. But more than that, she was loved. She was not forgotten. There was a family that was looking for her. What was she like? She liked to play with other children. She liked to went to church every Sunday. Uh, she liked to clean in the house. Like you can stay with the children sometimes when I'm not there. And she liked to, to study. Was she doing well at school? Yes, she did well at school. What grade was she in? She was in grade five. Orapaleng says her daughter was happy, intelligent and playful and joined at the hip to her sister, Khotatso, who is now six. They were best friends who played together and celebrated their birthdays together, despite their six-year age gap. I imagine Kopano had a personality like Khotatso, who is always curious, greeting her friends with hugs and carrying a wide, welcoming grin. When I first met Khotatso, she went into the family's shack and emerged to show me her sister's doll. She held it up to me, smiling. The muddy floor surrounding the compound they lived in was strewn with colorful children's toys. The Barbie pink of a broken scooter lay in stark contrast to the deep, dark clay mud, and the children of the community seemed intrigued and thrilled to see us. Our audio producer, Paige Muller, who recorded the interviews, was tearing up. But the little girl stared up at her and never dropped her smile. She and brother Homogelo, now three, played with a doll in the mud. I saved my tears for later. Kupano's home was Jerusalem. It's essentially a slum, newly fitted with toilets and dotted with four or five standpipes where residents get their water. It's situated on land straddling the busy Albertina Sisulu main road and the main reef road, which makes up part of the R41 highway system. In the background is a huge Afri Sam cement mill. On the outskirts of the settlement are small mud dams created by informal miners, or zamazamas, to process crushed gold-bearing rock. The Zamazamas disappear into the ground underneath the settlement to retrieve what is left of the precious metal. It is one of the more pleasant settlements I've been in. The people are friendly and have a fondness for dogs, just like me. 
As we walk through the settlement on a warm Friday afternoon, music plays in the background while a group of children who are about the age Kapana would have been play with a dog. Many of the pets in the area are fed better than the occupants and each have beautifully homemade collars to show that they are not strays. Noticeable are the weed bushes in most of the homesteads. It's a feel-good kind of scene. You can tell the residents are ready to start their weekend. Before Capano died, Orapaleng had a crash in the informal settlement square, for lack of a better word. It is a space set up by a local charity with a large military green marquee, which was used for charity drives, health and welfare education, and food handouts. Surrounding the tent are mounds made of separated waste by the many informal recyclers living in Jerusalem. She helped her mom take care of the little ones after school. She wanted to be a social worker when she grew up. She always tell me she was she wanted to be a social worker. Mm. That's so sweet. She sounds so caring. Yeah. yeah. Did she say why she wanted to be a social worker? Yes, because I was opening my crash. He says, I want to take care of the children. There are children who don't have families, those who don't have parents. The others came to school, they don't eat nothing. Because I opened the crash for free. I didn't want people to pay for me because some people going to work no one will take care of their children some others are hungry they don't have food in the house do you understand mm. so my boyfriend is not working the job is just silly but he says you can cook for the children as long as you want so my plan is want to open a feeding scheme for their children. And Kopano saw that? Yeah, and Kopano saw that. And when he come to school, she come and stay with me and her friends with the children. And she just wanted to help some Yeah, friends. she wanted to help. That some others, um, I was helping them with their homework and stuff. Her dreams were to make a living which would take her family from the shack where they lived into a proper home. She would work with other families like hers back in the informal settlement. It was a big dream for a little girl. Kopano's foundation phase teacher at Durban Deep Primary, Memory Madiku, remembers the child she watched grow up. Intelligent, kind, and with an infectious, loving spirit. We live in such a difficult world here at Durban Deep. You can see it in her eyes that her education meant a different life for her and the life of her parents. She had potential, Memory said. The photograph of Kapano is still pinned in front of my desk in the newsroom. It will remain there until Kapano and her family finally see justice. It's getting dusty. After Kapano's memorial service, I was unable to reach the family. I tried everything. I went to Jerusalem, I went to Kapano's school again, but I couldn't track them down. The months went on. Then on a Wednesday night in January 2019, just over a year later, I was at my desk. 
My colleagues had left for the day and I was hammering away at a story, struggling as usual to write the perfect introduction. As the clock ticked towards Thursday's deadlines, my phone rang. I was annoyed, but I answered. But as soon as I heard Urapaleng's name, I was glad that I had answered that call. What she told me came as a shock. I looked at the photo and Copano's bright eyes looked back at me. It was time to hunt for justice for Copano. This podcast is a passion project for us at Sunday Times. If you enjoyed the show or want to know what happens next, please subscribe to ensure that you don't miss the next episode. You can subscribe for free on all your major podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, Iono FM, Pocket Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We remain hopeful that this production will lead to justice for Capano and her family. Please share this podcast to spread the word. In our next episode, Alex will climb into the specifics of what happened to Kapano after she was struck down and the struggle Oropaleng faced when trying to find out what had happened to her daughter from the local police. Voiceover and reporting done by Alex Patrick. Additional voicing by Zama Lutsuli. Production and sound design by Paige Muller. Editorial assistance by News and Investigations Editor Nikki Gulesh. Executive production by Head of Multimedia Scott Peter Smith. Justice for Copano is a production of Sunday Times and Multimedia Live. Subscribe for free to catch future episodes. 